Hey, I'm so glad you're joining me. We are learning a group of us together how to live one day at a time. And we're doing that by um, identifying one thought, one single, great, helpful, inspiring, rooted, centering thought that can keep us connected to sanity, to God, to life, to hope, to other people. One thought each day. And today, I'm particularly glad that you're here because I'm going to teach you how to learn to live without anxiety. How to learn to live without anxiety. And the way that you do that is, you learn to live with anxiety. Isn't that good news? You learn, and I've had to walk through this a ton over the last two years. How do I live one day to the next in those times when I cannot sleep at night? How do I live with uncertainty? How do I live with not knowing? How do I live with fear? How do I live with the very possibility of loss or scandal or uh, reputation going away or terrible things happening to me or somebody that I love? Now, anxiety has anxiety wants to be on the throne. Anxiety has a strategy for you. Anxiety will tell you the way that you deal with all that is you worry about it. You brood about it. You think about it constantly. You allow it to preoccupy you. And if this problem goes away, another problem will pop up. It's like playing whack-a-mole. And that somehow, if you just keep them in your mind all the time, if you live with this obsessive sense of preoccupation, like a magic bubble of worry that will somehow protect you, that will somehow keep things at bay. Anxiety will try to cause you to torment your mind in that way. And then, uh, particularly if you're a person of faith and you're aware of the fact that in the Bible it says, don't be anxious for anything, then you start to think, well, now God's mad at me because if I'm anxious about stuff, it doesn't, it means that I don't really trust him enough. And so now you worry about how much you worry. And so then what you do is you say, okay, I'm going to try really hard today not to worry. The way that I will deal with anxiety is I will try to really, really hard not think about the things that I'm worried about. And of course, what that does exactly is to make you worry about it all the more. So that's not the way to learn to live with anxiety. We're invited into another way, uh, uh, a, a way that uh, Paul talks about when he writes to the church at Philippi in the fourth chapter is, be anxious for nothing. But then he doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, try really hard not to be anxious. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, thank you, God, that you're real and you care. Let your requests whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that's going on inside of you, be known to God. Bring them before God. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And the, the statement for today is, when it comes to anxiety, anytime it comes to a negative emotion that you go through today, here's the thought to let ring in your mind over and over again. Own, don't enthrone. Own it, acknowledge it, admit it, but don't allow it to rule over you. And here's how to do that. That little word own is an acronym. This comes from our friend Rick, the therapist. And uh, each of the letters stands for something. The O stands for observe. We begin now, not by trying to control our mind through willpower, but just actually observing what's going on in our mind. 
And most people never actually do this. Somebody told me not long ago about a book called The Untethered Soul. And the first chapter is called The Voice Inside Your Head. The author starts with typical train of thought in our minds. Shoot, I can't remember her name. What is her name? Darn, here she comes. Sally? Sue? She just told me yesterday, what's the matter with me? This is going to be embarrassing. And the writer goes on, in case you haven't noticed, you have a mental dialogue going on inside your head that never stops. It just keeps going and going. Have you wondered why it talks in there? How does it decide what to say and when to say it? How much of it turns out to be true? How much of what it says is even important? And if right now you are hearing, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't have any voice inside my head. That's the voice I'm talking about. If you're smart, you will step back and learn to recognize this voice and come to understand it. And that's the first step is simply beginning to observe what goes on in your mind because so often we're so close up to it we are so preoccupied with it that we never have the distance to simply become aware of it and god invites us to be aware of our mind it's a first step in the transformation of our minds of owning and not enthroning so uh, to begin, I just observe as I go through the day. What's going on in my mind? Just be curious about it. Don't be so quick to judge yourself. You don't choose the thoughts or the emotions that automatically come into your mind. So you need to very carefully evaluate actions. But uh, if we get too judgmental about our thoughts and our feelings, we never simply have the freedom to observe them. That's, oh, observe. What's What's that voice saying? And then number two, and this will sound paradoxical. Anxiety never wants you to do this. Anxiety wants to be on the throne. Anxiety wants to rule your kingdom. God doesn't want that. The W stands for welcome. All right. Come on in, anxiety. Come on in, worry. I already know you're there. And the, the irony is, the paradox is, if I try to stop worrying through willpower and resistance and pushing it away, I give my mind an impossible job. I try to make my mind do what a finite human mind cannot do. And so we torture our own minds. This from the same author. If you mistreat an animal that becomes afraid, this is what has happened to your mind. You have mistreated it by giving it a responsibility that is incomprehensible. Just stop for a moment and see what you have given your mind to do. You say to your mind, I want everyone to like me. I don't want anyone to speak badly of me. I want everything I say and do to be acceptable and pleasing to everybody. I don't want anybody to hurt me. I don't want anything to happen that I don't like. And I want everything to happen that I do like. And then you said, now mind, figure out how to make every one of these things a reality, even if you have to think about it day and night. And of course, your mind said, I'm on the job. I will work on it constantly. And, and your mind is not God. Neither is mine. Your, your mind is not omniscient and it will never make it. And so instead of that, instead of overburdening our mind with what our mind cannot do and pushing away and resisting thoughts and feelings, I simply acknowledge to myself and before God, I'm just human. Welcome fear. Welcome anxiety. You are not me. And, and this leads to the end. The end is to name it. Whatever that fear is, whatever that negative emotion is, whatever that negative thought is, uh, instead of just having a vague sense that something unpleasant is going on or I don't feel great, I actually name it. I'm feeling frustrated right now. 
I'm feeling anxious right now. And an amazing thing hap happens when we name it. It gives me a little distance from that feeling. It reminds me I am not what I'm feeling right now. So my feeling does not get to be on the throne. It's quite fascinating. There's a researcher at UCLA that did a study not long ago where they, they had subjects come in contact with a big, fat, hairy tarantula that was in a glass jar. And they put them in different groups. One group was taught when they saw it to actually name their fear. I'm afraid of this big, fairy, hairy, hairy, fat tarantula. And then uh, other groups would say things like, uh, oh, it's in a jar. I don't need to worry about it. Or say something that had nothing to do with the tarantula, divert their mind, or weren't given any instructions at all. A week later, it was the group of people who had named what they were feeling that when they had contact again with that tarantula in the glass jar, their blood pressure was lower, their heart race did not speed up as much, they didn't sweat as much. And what happened was simply naming the fear created a kind of distance that keeps the fear from being on the throne. And God has made our minds that way. And he invites us when anxieties come and attack us. Instead of trying to deal with them on our own or make our minds take care of them by ourselves to bring them to him. So today, all through the day, own, don't enthrone. Make it kind of an adventure, whatever's going on. And they may be ordinary run-of-the-mill problems. They might be really awful ones. I know, I know. But they don't get to be on the throne. You know, the Bible says we live in a great kingdom, and it's the kingdom of God, the range of God's effective will. And I get to bring my little kingdom into his great, big, wonderful kingdom. That's the only way to live in the kingdom of peace, under the prince of peace. And so I learn how to grow towards a life beyond anxiety precisely by living, learning to live with anxiety. When it comes today, just observe it. What's that little maniac inside your head saying? And then welcome it. It's okay. Be very gentle. Fear, anxiety, it's okay and then naming it together with God. I own it, but I don't enthrone it. I enthrone him. And I'll see you tomorrow.